you are a female entrepreneur. Do you feel like- Respect. Eat, play, crush. Eat clean, play often, crush life. It's really just about matching your every single choice with the intentions you're having. Otherwise, I don't want to hear your complaints. Fuck manifestation, make shit happen. Finding freedom, and when you find freedom, you found your power. Chase your passion, follow your, follow your dreams. I think that is really misguided bullshit. I think that you're supposed to bring passion to everything that it is that you do. The fact that I work with world-class athletes and it's a mindset for them. They know they have to put in the work to try to get the trophy, they get the trophy and then it starts all over again. You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on building optimal mental and physical performance into your life, keep it right here listening to the OPP or visit naturalstacks.com. Ryan Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncy is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncy is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncy's an innovator. All right, welcome back to the OPP, ladies and gentlemen. Really fun and inspirational episode for you today. We're talking with Mary Shenuda. Mary is the paleo chef. If you're not familiar with Mary, uh, we will introduce her in just a few minutes on the actual show. Got to sit down with Mary in person on our recent trip to LA, uh, which if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that means we will open this interview with a few of our uh, hot seat questions. You get to hear Mary's favorite animal, uh, a couple other easy intro type questions, and then we really dive in with Mary on uh, some really fascinating topics and some things that I know will help you on your journey. Uh, before we get to Mary, the housekeeping notes as always, number one, go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the blog post with video for this, as well as all the links and resources uh, from this particular episode. Second, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let us know how much you like the show. If we read your review on the air, we will hook you up with free Natural Stacks products. So we're gonna read one to you now from Red Dirt Equine Inc. This was a direct message on Instagram. So hey, if you're more comfortable shooting me a message on Instagram, uh, commenting on posts there, that's fine, do that. Uh, but please know that your reviews on iTunes help the rankings for our show, which helps us reach more people. So. We prefer the review on iTunes, but we'll take it any way we can get it, right? Um, so Red Dirt Equine Inc. says, uh, your podcast and overall mindset have been life-changing inspiration. So thank you for that. For you guys listening, um, not only are we asking for the reviews, but uh, I'm urging you as you listen, if you hear something in this episode or any episode that you listen to, um, if something jumps out at you, if you resonate with something, if there's a, a message in there that you love, share it with somebody in your life who you know will benefit from and enjoy that particular message, that episode, or this podcast as a whole. Um, that's what we're here for. We want to provide you and as many people in the world as we can with the tools that you need to 
make your experience on earth as awesome and as powerful as it can possibly be. So with that said, here's Mary. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the OPP, guys. We're joined by Mary Shenuda. Hi. Also, also Hi. known as Paleo Chef, Fat Fudge Creator. Yeah. You play uh, Crush. You play Crush. Mer to the OGs. To the OGs. Uh, Mary, thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks for having me. So uh, for you guys listening, um, if you're not familiar with Mary, uh, Mary is a professional chef um, to a lot of uh, people who you know are dominating life and are seeking out someone who can provide them with the fuel that they need to uh, entertain us or uh, educate us or, you know, whether it's movies Win a or championship or... Yeah. or just be cool. Just yeah. be awesome. Yeah. So, so she's providing them with the fuel uh, to do that as a private chef. You're also killing Instagram with pictures of your amazing food. Uh, you've got YouTube videos. You've got so many things going on. And we're going to talk today uh, about, you know, how our listeners can eat, play, crush, uh, kind of find their true passion, stay the course. Um, a lot of fun stuff. But before we do that, I got a couple of easy questions for you to get you okay. warmed up. Okay. okay. All right. If you could be any animal, what animal would you be and why? A unicorn. I knew she was going to say that. I knew it. I knew Duh. it. Okay. So aside from being, you know, the, the maker of unicorn fuel, why a unicorn? Um, so I've never really felt like I fit in. And I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, even growing up in school, being from Egypt, they would make you check other I'm like, what? What is other? That's messed up. So just even from a young age, I always felt like I didn't didn't quite belong or didn't quite fit in, but it didn't mean I liked myself any less. So I don't think I don't think you're allowed to call yourself a unicorn, but I was called a unicorn or was given gifts related to unicorn stuff since I was a kid. That one day I just decided to accept it that I was a unicorn, okay. and I feel like unicorns can do whatever it is they want. All right. Um, I think that's a perfect segue into one of the other talking points that, that I want to go over with you is, you know, I think you more than any other person that I've ever met are, are very confident and secure in your beliefs and your values. And you will stick to those guns um, no matter no matter what, um, whether it's, you know, a personal thing, a business thing, um, you know, you, you have your values and you stick to them before you would, uh, you know, kind of cave in for more money or, or whatever it might be. What, what, so because I don't get to consume myself from an outside perspective, like what are the values that come across in what you've experienced I, of me? Okay. So I don't know that it's necessarily any one value in particular, as much as your conviction to whatever it may be. Okay. So, I just move with conviction, yeah. much like a unicorn. Right. Got it. And that's why a unicorn <laughs> is such an appropriate thing. But my, I guess my question is, you know, how are you, you know, you said, I felt like I've never fit in and I'm sure a lot of our listeners may at one time or another, I think we've all felt that way. Yeah, definitely. So how do you move through life with conviction or, or confidence, even when you don't feel like you fit in or when you feel like you're standing out? I was pretty soft-spoken until I went to elementary school and I got picked on and bullied a lot. And that's where a little bit of like my aggression came from and my having to assert myself and speak up mm -hmm. came from. And I think I became very comfortable with that early on, so it could be somewhat trained at a young age. Um, if I think about it from the perspective of like who I am today, I think I'm kind of a douchebag. <laughs> and I think I have 
a lot to learn and by accepting who I am and where I am, I then allow myself the space to grow at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so not being ashamed of my upside. Okay. Okay. So we're, <laughs> we're less than five minutes in. You've called yourself a unicorn and a douchebag. <laughs> you can be both. <laughs> There's a coloring book about um, bad unicorns that I, I have. Yeah. It's all these unicorns like fucking shit up and like smoking cigarettes. <laughs> it's a great coloring book. <laughs> it's not for kids? No. <laughs> I promise you guys we will talk about how to make uh organ meats taste delicious and, and how to upgrade your your paleo or your keto diet. But uh, Mary is such an awesome person. I want you guys to be able to get to know Mary a little Thanks. bit. And uh, <laughs> we, I want to try to pull some out, some things out that, that have helped you eat, play, crush yeah. so that our listeners can do the same. And I appreciate it because apparently I need to pull them out too <laughs> and be able to give them names. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we, we talked to Logan yesterday. You know, we talked a lot about, you know, how they've defined their processes at Deuce and how that's yeah. enabled them a lot more opportunities and growth and to be able to kind of stay on that true north. They're amazing. Like um, if anyone doesn't know who Logan is, he is one of the most grounded, intelligent, well-spoken, well-written individuals mm -hmm. I've ever met. One of the first people I met when I moved to Venice. Mm -hmm. I was really scared of him for a while and always thought he didn't like me. <laughs> he's, he just, he's a stoic. Yeah, he is. It's hard to see emotion. He is. Yeah. And, it, and every time we interact, I'm always like, Logan, do you like me? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Right. <laughs> so now we have matching tattoos. But just I, Logan's a great person. And they've done a really good job of identifying a process and making it something that can be not repeated exactly, but repeated and modified to other people's needs. Right. So I bring that up because I guess that's what we're trying to help you do now is identify some of the things that you do. Oh, do I owe you money at the end of this? No, not okay. at all. Not at all. I think we owe you money. Um, so, you know, with that said, you are a female entrepreneur. Do you feel like... Respect. Do you feel like that attitude has served you well uh, as you've... I mean, you, you are dominating what you do. And, and I, I, whether you're male or female, I think you have to have a certain attitude, right. a certain hustle, a certain aggression, a certain uh, ability to speak up and go after what you want to be a successful entrepreneur. Yes. So male or female, that has to be something that helps you. Yes. But wouldn't you agree it's sometimes harder for women? I agree. <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying that it's harder. Right. That it's not. It's hard for everyone. We have either, you can either look at it as a disadvantage or you can look at it as a competitive edge. Right. So being a woman... Um, and being a female entrepreneur or even my 10 years of corporate experience, mm -hmm. being a, wom a woman who was 10 years younger than everyone else, and I didn't go to college, so I also had that. Um, I could look to, looked at that all as a disadvantage or I can look at it as a competitive advantage. You didn't go to college? No, I'm a high school dropout. I didn't know that. Yeah. Right, I'm the so first person in the whole family not to go to college. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and that didn't, obviously, it didn't hinder you in the corporate world. No, I wasn't really honest about my age during the interview process. They didn't ask. I didn't, I didn't tell. And then when they found out and I was already at 150% of quota, they're not going to like knock that person out. <laughs> so moral of the story is get your foot in the door, yeah. deliver value, yeah. and you're an asset. Pretty much. And I learned that really early on. Um, I think it was a lot more jovial and happy and lighthearted back then because I didn't understand what they were talking about was structure and look a certain way and act a certain way, which I think allowed me to get so much done. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a little bit more jaded now, but I learned that if you provide value, 
especially if it's tied to money the company is making, mm -hmm. you're allotted a certain amount of freedom and you can, you can push back and talk back and question things because you're bringing money in the door. Right. So, you know, as we talk about these things, I guess now is as good a time as any to have you define eat, play, crush. What does that mean to you? So uh, Mary, the paleo chef was going for about, I want to say maybe a, a year. And then I had sold everything I owned in San Francisco, came down to LA to restart here. And I was trying to summarize, you know, what is it that I embody? And eating clean is important to me. So that was easy. Eat. Playing has always been important to me. I was the I was the clown in the corporate jobs. I was incorporating fun in some way. So play was really important. And then I couldn't figure out the last piece for a while. And my friend said to me, like, you've been saying you crush life for as long as I have known you. Like, you are a dude bro in your heart. You got to use that. And I was actually really hesitant to use crush life because I was still getting rid of a bullying I got as a child, even in corporate America, even in the dating world, that you're too masculine, crushing life is too masculine. You, that's not that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't know. I feel like it might be alienating. And, and then I and then I had a moment where I'm like, like, why the fuck am I questioning who I am? Why am I letting an outside party, an outside voice, like change who I am at the core? If I try to force myself to change that, not only will I be resentful of whatever is I put up, I probably won't meet my goals. So I was like, fuck it, it's crush, it's eat, play, crush. Eat clean, play often, crush life. And when I first put it out there, I said, look, you can crush life or you can have a crush on your life. A lot of brands and a lot of sayings are very exclusive. And I want eat, play, crush to be inclusive. So I want everyone to make it their own. And that was going on for about six months. And then I was having a moment of doubt, like, what have I done? <laughs> I think I'm failing. And I was sitting on the couch having a womp womp moment. And uh, I got I got an email or a tweet. Can we can we add sound effects in when she says a womp womp moment? All right. And uh, I got a tweet from a reader and said that she had a surprise for me and she was really excited to show me coming in the next tweet. And um, I was expect, expect, expecting like a cool dish or something related to food. And she got Eat Play Crush tattooed on her arm. And I saw that and I was like, oh shit. Oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> and I call my friend Rana over and I'm like, look, look, look at this. And she's like, how do you feel? I'm like, I don't, this is a lot of responsibility. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, and my friend said to me, she goes, you know, you're so stubborn that you, you actually need permanent ink put in your face for you to understand that you're doing something you're supposed to be doing. And, and that reader, her name is Erica, um, badass woman. She had spent a year losing 100 pounds awesome. following her idea of, paleo or paleo as I call it. And, um, and she said to me, cause I had to get on Skype I'm like, I have to meet you. She's <laughs> like, look, I have been trying to describe what it is I'm doing in my life. And you put it in three words. I was like, Oh, that's so cool. So then I never questioned it again. So eat, play, crush is eating for your body, bringing, making sure you have joy because when you have those two set up, it's much easier to crush life or have a crush on your life. Absolutely. Well said. So I think it, the first part of that story, when you said, you know, this is me, this is who I am, like that's a prime example of what I'm talking about and how you are one of those people who sticks to what your values are. So you asked me for examples, you yeah. just provided one for us. Um, and the other thing is, is something that I think you do well in your business that 
Um, other businesses either don't do or don't do in an authentic way. That is something that has really helped your brand building in your business where you said, okay, this person did this. I have to meet them. I want to meet them. Not for PR, not, not to make the business, but it's like, I want to be involved with this person and, and I want to know them. I yeah. want to meet them. And that's, that's weird to me that that's not normal. Right. I don't even understand that. But you have to admit that that's difficult at scale. Like the larger you become, the larger your business becomes, the more difficult that becomes. Probably. I'm not there yet. I don't have that problem yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bite my tongue. Maybe I do want to have that problem one day, but, um, I don't know if the rock pulls over on the side of the road when someone has a sign up he to does. say hi. And he's like, any opportunity he has to do that, he does that. Yeah. The rock's cool. The rock is cool. <laughs> Please come on the show, rock. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned uh, Paley U. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, there's so much information out there in the world. Yes. Um, you know, how do we disseminate, you know, what's, what's the best way for us? Because, um, you know, that's something that we talk a lot about on the show, you know, look for our listeners, you, you know, we try to provide to you guys all of the tools and all of the education so that you can make the most informed decision for yourself. And I think that's sort of in line with the paleo paleo you approach that you take to whether it's keto or primal or paleo or right. whatever. So, you know, I recently found out that I have an intolerance to egg yolks and chicken and oats. How did you find the egg yolks part? Uh, I took a food intolerance test, and we will be recording that next week with the folks at Pinner Test. Okay. We'll talk all about the testing procedure and, and what I found out and how it's changed for me. But you know what it's like to find out what you need to avoid. Right. And how your life can be improved by right. removing that stuff. Right. So second grade is when my health issues began, and um, it coincides where... At the same time, I was eating less of my food at home for my mom, which is all Mediterranean food, and eating school lunches. Mm -hmm. So looking back, I'm like, it was the American diet. Right. <laughs> right. That, that's standard American diet. Sad. Yeah. And um, so I started with migraines, and migraines became very normal for me. Headaches every day, migraines twice a week. I'd be vomiting, and then I'd pass out from, the, from dehydration. And they're very serious. Mm -hmm. Um, loss of hospitalizations. And then that moved into rashes. And I posted some pictures of what happens when I eat gluten. Mm -hmm. And um, that was normal for me, again, having the, the skin conditions and then hormonal imbalances, problems with my period, and always in pain, always at the doctor's office, and always pretending like everything was okay at work. Because again, I'm at work with males who are 10 years my senior. And if you're having a, a bad day or sick day, they like to assume like, oh, did a boy break up with you? And <laughs> so I would, I would like have sunglasses at my desk. And I had to make a deal with myself to, to understand why doctors couldn't really place what was happening with my body. So I said, you know, if I'm suffering this much, then someone somewhere else in the world must be suffering less, like just to get, get through it. And they were trying to diagnose me with lupus, couple doctors like threw on cancer and then they're giving me all this crazy medication that was just making me more sick and uh i think it was 24 25 maybe 26 if you get over a certain age you forget what year yeah, things happen right, right. <laughs> at some age in my 20s um i the migraines were getting worse and i was going back and doing my, my regular blood testing to see what else was wrong with me and um, they were talking about cancer again and i just got really frustrated with them and then mad at myself for putting so much trust in them when I'm such a go-getter everywhere else in my life. Mm -hmm. So I started doing some research online, 
found the TED Talk by Dr. Terry Walls about the mitochondria, mm -hmm. had a history of studying the mitochondria when I was in high school, and I was like, oh, this makes sense. Found a lab called Enterolab that does stool tests and cheek tests. I'd been tested for celiac before a blood test, and the blood test I've learned is 60% inconclusive. At the time, I don't know if they've made any changes or improvements to those blood tests. So when the stool test came back, which is a story in itself, because UPS lost my shit for 24 hours, literally. Literally lost, lost your shit. shit for 24 yeah. hours. Um, I was expecting a gluten intolerance, but it came back that I was a celiac intolerant to casein and soy. Okay. And I was pumped. So, and I had a couple of friends who'd gone through testing at the same time. They got the results and they were crying. And I'm like, are you, this is amazing. Like, do you understand how much power you have now? Right. Um, so I just changed my diet. I started with just gluten and milk dairy, and I was still eating uh, quinoa. I was still eating some rice. I was still eating like goat dairy. Mm -hmm. Saw massive improvements, and then kind of backdoored into the word paleo because it's much easier to say paleo than it is to say gluten, casein, soy intolerance to <laughs> right. someone. Right. And that was right when CrossFit was starting to get really popular and paleo was starting to get really popular. Um, and then I decided to, so within three months, symptoms started to go away that it had since I was in second grade. Mm -hmm. And then I started to follow more of a strict paleo just for curiosity's sake. And then everything that ever bothered me went away. And I was like, oh shit, this is really awesome. I woke up one day without a headache for the first time in like 20 years. Wow. Which is really confusing, right? To be totally honest. <laughs> okay. So the thing I hear there, and that our listeners can implement, is is the importance of testing. I mean, blood tests, stool yeah. tests, uh, food intolerance tests, whatever it might be. And keep testing. Just because I got those results, then doesn't mean I don't retest everything every six months. No. Okay. So you you retest everything every six months. Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you seen changes in those tests in the not interval? to the dairy or the gluten? <laughs> so a question for you because and, and we'll talk about uh, fat fudge in a little bit, but I know one of the ingredients is grass fed butter. Yeah. The there's no issues with you. No, and and, the, and that's a. a testament to paleo. So I'm casein intolerant, but I can tolerate two or three specific grass-fed butters. Mm -hmm. And I like to use myself as a guinea pig. I won't guinea pig with gluten. I don't need to. Right. It's really awful. Right. But I do guinea pig with different types of like beans or with dairy. And butter does not bother me. Cream, milk, cheese is no bueno for me. Okay. So when you do experiment, my guess is that you're going to make sure that like, if you introduce a new bean to test it, that that's the only thing that you would change for a couple of days at yep. a time. So if our listeners wanted to test on themselves, you know, make sure that you don't change anything else for like three or four days, because from what I've learned that it takes, it can take up to 72 hours to see that response. Yeah. For some people, I take react. 20 minutes. Yeah. I, I know right. within 20 minutes if something has negatively impacted me. Okay. Um, but I say if you're going to test something new, make sure you have a clean baseline for mm -hmm. at least three weeks before you do the test mm -hmm. and then test for a consistent three to four days. And even if you stop eating at day four, don't go nuts until day five or six, just in case. Okay. All right. What other um, paleo recommendations or, or guidelines do you find yourself sharing with uh, either your audience or your private chef clients? I tell... 
they're not guidelines. I, I don't know if you noticed this. I don't prescribe anything on my feed. I know. Yeah. I'm mm. like, you guys got to figure this shit out for yourself. Because <laughs> uh, I don't well, want to be confused with a nutritionist by any means. Things that you find yourself saying Yeah. So I tell people, frequently. use pale, use strict paleo as an incredible baseline. Clean everything up mm. and then slowly introduce things one at a time and find what it is that works best for you. And then... When you find the things that you're intolerant to or your body doesn't agree with, stop eating it. And if there are things that you just don't really want to have in your diet all the time because they just might not be really healthy or serving you, think about what your goals are. So if your goals are to be an, an ultra athlete, you probably aren't going to have any alcohol in your diet. Right. So make sure those choices align with, with your actions or your intentions align with, you, with your actions. But if you're not trying to be an ultra athlete, then alcohol is not that big of a deal and you don't need to freak out about it. So it's really just about matching your every single choice with the intentions you're having. Otherwise, I don't want to hear your complaints. I'm very clear about that. <laughs> yeah, it's so individual. There's no real... I, I, I point to the people that have, have written those books that are about programs because that's what they're good at. Right. So I always say, you know, read Mark Sisson's book or Rob Wolf's book or Diane Sanfilippo's book. That Those are incredible baselines. Do that for 30 days and then start experimenting in your own life and and put those experiments up against blood testing. Yep. So for you guys listening, go to naturalstacks.com for the blog post for this episode. We'll have links to uh, some of the tests that I've used, some of the tests that Mary's used, and uh, of course, all of the books that um, a lot of our friends in the paleo yeah. and, and health world have written. So um, let's talk about fat fudge. P-H-A-T. Uh, P-H-A-T. <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it's fascinating that this is something that, you know, you've it's it's a packaged product that, that you guys can go buy uh, in Rocky Mountain area. Whole, yeah, Foods. whole, whole Foods, Rocky Mountain area, a couple of specialty stores in the East Coast, New York area, a couple of specialty stores in Florida, all the Erewhon's yep. here, all the Sun Life Organics here in Los Angeles uh, and then online. And then in Canada, there's some stores that are carrying it, too. And this is something that, you know, it, it's packaged now, but I mean, you were making this as a fuel for your private yeah. clients way back when. Yep. That's so cool. I yeah. Mean, how, what, what were they asking for that kind of led you to discover this or uh, how did that? I, I was a big user of goo pre-paleo mm -hmm. um, and went paleo, always wanted something that was like goo, but never really put. It together it was always in the back of my mind and I had, I had been invited to do some con consulting with the Oracle sailing team and they needed food that's on the water and so again it was in my head like how do I figure this out and at the time for them I was just recommending putting all the nutrients that they needed into um, powdered down quinoa not quinoa sorry uh, chia seeds so it'd be like mm -hmm. a gel pack mm -hmm. um, but I I was annoyed that that wasn't in my mind good enough so I always had that in my mind that I wanted to do that. And then um, had my professional athlete clients here that I was I was making unicorn fuel, which is the, the coffee version of that forever. And then my clients and my readers are like, what do, how do we get unicorn fuel when we're traveling? Because right. it's all the different spices you put together. And I'm like, I don't know, like <laughs> make unicorn dust and bring it in a canister, like figure it out guys. 
And uh, Mark Sisson was like, why don't you make the, the dust a product? And I'm like, because it's not exciting to me. Like, oh. <laughs> um, I'm like an awful business person on, on one hand. Yeah, an I mean, amazing people, one people on another basically hand. screaming for this thing. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. You guys make it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, there is a, a, an Egyptian dessert, not Egyptian, Middle Eastern, Mediterranean. I don't want any one country to be like, it's ours. <laughs> there is a dessert called um, halawa in Egyptian dialect um but halva i think to everyone else which is just tahini and honey and i was making these just these tahini fat bombs for one of my professional athletes that was just tahini and butter mm -hmm. and then i had my canister of unicorn dust and then i was making halawa one day and you have to time the honey just right otherwise it won't crystallize when you put it in the fridge for the next 48 hours and i was like oh i messed this up i'll just turn it into fudge so, so I threw in butter, I threw in a whole bunch of the unicorn dust, and then the next day I took a bite of it, and I'm like, oh my god, I discovered it! I did it. <laughs> this I did is Sparta, it. <laughs> I figured it out! <laughs> so I tweaked with the, the, the uh, formulation to make it more focused nutrition-wise, mm -hmm. like reduce the honey down to just two grams, mm -hmm. um, and I started to make that for my clients and posting pictures of it. People were freaking out over, what is that? So then I posted that recipe, that recipe went viral, People were taking pictures of fat fudge in sandwich bags that they were taking on their runs. Yeah. And then postpartum moms were using it after they had the baby. And then there's like people were emailing me about family members that um, were late stage cancer and fat fudge was the only thing that they were able to like actually hold onto in their body to right. maintain weight. And I'm like, this is really cool because I just created a thing and now everyone's finding their own use for it, like yeah. paleo basically, which yeah. is cool. And um, everyone said, turn it into a product. Like, mom, no, let's figure this out. <laughs> uh, so I started tinkering with uh, what a package would look like. And then I uh, was going to do hand packing. So I put 50 orders up, put on a unicorn head while on Periscope to watch it live. I'm like, okay, you guys, there's 50 orders, which means 600 packets um, that are live on the site right now. And that sold out in an hour. And I kept doing that until every Monday it would sell out after one second. Mm -hmm. And people were getting really angry that they couldn't like, get their I fat can only bites. make so much of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, like this is the muscle. I think oh I've said gosh. this to you before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so then I had to figure out how to scale it. And um, co-packers are really expensive. So I got to, for the first time, call upon people that follow my work and ask for help in that way. It's mm -hmm. saying, you know, I don't want investors. I don't want to go on Shark Tank. I don't want to do a Kickstarter. I just need this many pre-orders to be able to kick this business off. And they came through like close to $90,000 in pre-orders over the course of 30 days with someone who is virtually a nobody and a nobody within the nobodies. And I didn't have, uh, people showed up and helped and like passed on the word. And here I am kind of a big kid. Yeah. I was going to say, I training. disagree with the nobodies, but <laughs> it, it's just, it's such a cool story. I think we'll shift, switch gears from from fat fudge and talk about. Um, I know I definitely want to talk to you about cooking organ meats. Yes, because our listeners know the importance of organ meats, but um, you know we struggle with. Okay, so I went to the farmers market and I got lucky, and they had beef kidney, but I don't know what to do with this thing when I get it home. Right. Or they have lamb hearts at Whole Foods now, and I they have, do at least at my Whole Foods. What? They do. Yeah, but and a lot jealous. of people may come home and they yeah. say. 
well, what do I do with this thing? Do they devein it for you? Uh, no. With the whole heart? Yes. Oh, so that's really? that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of times people may not know like what to do. So yeah. give us a crash course in uh I think one of your blogs was like making awful, not awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's um so liver is the thing that I've been eating since I was a kid and I'm turning as many people on the liver as I can. Yeah. Um I even put it on a menu for a pop up and a hundred people ate liver at once, which was so cool to me. <laughs> I feel like such a nerd <laughs> saying that. Um I think that if you're going to a butcher and you're getting something like heart or kidney, uh go ahead and ask them to do some of the hard work for you. I don't expect someone to bring it home and know exactly what to do or be stoked about it. Um if you don't have a recipe in mind, look up the most ethnic recipe you can find with organ meat because usually the most ethnic people have grown up making it forever, so they are the pros at it. And I say that because the the recipe I have up for banging liver, which I actually had a challenge this week. I said, everybody post your try making banging liver, tag me in it, and you guys will all get a free package of fat fudge just for trying organ meat. It was pretty awesome. That is cool. Yeah. What was the response? Uh, everyone loved it that actually did it. Okay. Um, so liver, bang and liver, I've had it a particular way that my mom would make it for us growing up. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's the way you prepare liver. And, and I didn't understand why none of my friends didn't like it. Went to a friend's house who is all American, made liver and onions. I was like, one, this looks awful. <laughs> this tastes awful. This feels awful. Aw- Whoa, yeah. it's awful. Just yeah. awful. Right. Actually awful. Like A-W-F-U-L, <laughs> not O-F-F-A-L. And so that's why I, I emphasize that if you're if you're going to try organ meat for the first time, go to like, again, the most ethnic blog you can find. We'll put your blog on the uh, website. So cool. you guys <laughs> check out Mary's recipe for banging liver. It's bomb. Uh, and then the chili that you just fed us was... Um, Another recipe. It's called Hydra Liver, Hydra Kidney Chili. Um, and that's a really spicy grass fed, uh, bison. I did beef for you guys, but the recipe is bison and it's got ground liver and ground kidney in it, mm-hmm. but it's a way to hide it. If you, if you just can't deal with the whole seeing liver, but you're going to your butcher and you're asking for those organs to be ground together. So I or? get th- that particular one, the recipe, um, that's online and I have it linked is to the honest bison okay. and they, they'll send you packages where it's all ground together. Okay. Um, and I think that's a big part of it. So whether you're doing it in that chili version, or if you're doing my recipe for bang and liver, mm-hmm. chopping it up really finely, texture is really important. Right. Um, I love the whole liver, but I don't expect everyone else to. And it does taste different when you've chopped it all up and, and let it kind of sit with the cumin and the cardamom and the cinnamon. Like it, it's, it's magical. Yeah. And you know, it's funny how cardamom makes those organs taste so much better yeah. because uh, one of the ways that I'm sneaking more into my diet is the U.S. wellness meats, yeah. liverwurst, and that's 50% uh, beef. And then the other 50% is the organs. I think it's 30% liver, 15% heart, 15% that's awesome. kidney. And they have a lot of cardamom in there. And uh, it, that's amazing. Uh, so if you guys are too lazy to cook uh, like me, then you can just do it that way. You should just try cooking oh. at least once or twice for yourself. Uh, I cook. I know it's a survival cook. skill. Okay. I know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just too lazy to do it. Um, okay. You can also make bang and liver in bulk and then uh, put it in the freezer and then just be able to take it out at any time. A few of my readers have done that. Yeah. So like I was just getting ready to ask you for some practical tips like that to help maybe a lot of our listeners who are super busy or juggling, you know, careers and family or, or multiple uh career pursuits what are some time-saving tips to you know get better in the kitchen 
So being brutally honest, being someone who is a chef for a living, um, I don't like to meal prep. I think it's a disrespect to my meals. So I like to make every meal pretty fresh or make a meal once and enjoy it two different ways. Um, so the advice I give, I want to say it's more of do as I say, not as I do, unless you want to go through the process of making a meal. Because right. cooking for me is like meditation and I'm not going to ask someone, like if someone told me to stop meditating, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Right, right. Um, but making in books, like I have, I have an ebook. It's it's a whatever ebook. It's a five day guide, but it's made for busy people. So it's fitness if you have no time and no equipment. It's mindset, and it's kind of a, a step into my mind and like where I go. That I call it the five phases to my power and self mastery. What are those five phases? Um, Just a sneak peek. It's 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 all just silly stuff. It's like finding balance, finding intention, fuck manifestation, make shit happen. Um, finding freedom and when you find freedom you found your power and it's kind of like what I go through in my mind to get to those places because I am motivated by power and when power I mean like power over myself and power over my lifestyle um, and then it's five recipes or five days worth of recipes that you can cook once eat twice so there's okay. like maca morning sausage muffins in there that I like making my own sausage muffins you can make it for the whole week in one day and have a quick protein packed breakfast yep. how to make salmon once but enjoy it over beets as well as parsnips for dinner and i have it i, I talk about why i do the carbs at night versus the lighter thing in the day mm -hmm. um but it is cooking in bulk i don't like there's no magic sauce to that right just cook in bulk and again if you if you want to save time don't bitch about it being repetitive if you don't want it to be repetitive then cook more of that and if you don't like any of that then hire a private chef. If that's too expensive, then find a meal service. Like there is a solution once you stop having excuses. So just figure out the the one that's gonna give you the least resistance. I love it. Have Dude. you seen my rant about humans being so silly and like? No. Oh, we'll pull it up. Some, we'll put it on the site. Okay. It's just me calling every everybody out, including myself. Okay. You want to share some of that with us now, or I can't. I have to pull it up then. Okay. I can't remember Don't worry it. About it. We'll, we'll share it with you guys. Um, we'll put that on the blog post as well. You guys can can go check out Mary's rant on that. Um, I want to circle back to ePlay Crush. Um, there's a question that I have for you that that I forgot to ask while we were on that topic. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> um, you know, not every one of our listeners is uh, maybe an entrepreneur. Some people do work in the corporate world. Yes. You are going to speak. Uh, in the corporate world next week at a very high level business. And, you know, you, I think obviously if you're, if you're able to do that, then, then you have some insights into, you know, your, your experience in the corporate world, but also how, you know, other people can implement this, um, for whatever aspect of their life it is, however their, whatever their life path is, you know, if somebody's not an entrepreneur, how do you kind of feel that sense of power over your own? destiny or sure um, there's that whole philosophy is ch chase your passion follow your follow your dreams i think that is really misguided bullshit i think that you're supposed to bring passion to everything that it is that you do so you wake up with passion you go to work with passion you say hello to your neighbor with passion then you find the thing that actually works for you that'll have some sort of longevity whether it's staying within another organization or starting your own so i do believe that uh living with passion or excitement like you woke up this morning that is so rad <laughs> celebrate that for a second yeah. um and 
like who what comes first those habits and then that mindset or is it that mindset and then those habits follow and i think about the fact that i work with world class athletes and it's a mindset for them they know they have to put in the work to try to get the trophy they get the trophy and then it starts all over again and i think people need to let go of this i need the trophy first and then i'll do the work um and get just prepare yourself to be in that mindset and as far as like making it more actionable like you wake up with intention come up with a routine that makes sense for you it's going to be different based on your blood work or your day mm-hmm. and then incorporate a lot of your lifestyle into your office so the things i talk about when i go into a corporate environment and i i tell them you know i might be on my own now but i had 10 years of being in an office and being in a cubicle and my very first real corporate job was at a company called Verisign which is very corporate and i requested a stand up desk it started because i wanted to impress a boy <laughs> to be totally honest <laughs> cuz i got an endo board and the got a stand up desk and i'm like oh, i'm cool too <laughs> but there's obviously a lot of benefits to that that right. it started it actually really started with not really understanding the idea of this is better for my body to walk around and be on the endo board it was i can think faster when i'm walking and pacing on the headset when mm-hmm. i'm doing pitches mm-hmm. so it started with that and after the stand up desk on the endo board i'd bring a kettlebell into and uh, the office and i would have push up challenges with the guys in the office and kettlebell swing challenges with the guys in the office and we would have breaks for that um and i had reminders on my phone that would go off middle of the day towards the end of the day and it would play uh Dave Brubeck take 5 and that was my reminder to go take 5 and go outside and i would just again i was the youngest on the team so right. i've seen silly to them but i would go and like lay in the grass inside <laughs> this office and just look at the the leaves and this is not for everyone but i incorporated play in some way yeah. um for better or worse i incorporated napping i used to nap under my desk i made a bed under my desk until hr got mad and then i napped in my car <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome but i mean these are things that like there's so many things right there that that our listeners can implement i mean whether you yeah. work at home or like pick office. and choose it's it's yeah. incorporating who I am in my lifestyle into that block of 9 to 5 or whatever the hours are starting with intention starting with good choices being prepared i always had that at the time it's really bad it was all muscle milk so i always had my muscle milk ready um so this is obviously pre paleo by a lot but having those things there right but i think that highlights a, a point that i know i've made several times on the show is that you know when i look back to how i first started eating when i was you know 10 12 years ago you know it was i thought it was the best way to eat then yeah. i look back now and i laugh at some of the things right. i did but the point is you do the best you, you can you had the habit there right the, the habit is there and you're doing the best yeah. you can with you know the knowledge and the tools that you have at your disposal right. and you're always seeking more right. and, and to try to advance right so it doesn't matter what you do or don't know now you you just do the best you can with yes. what you have and what you know i think arthur ash said that did he yeah oh i didn't know that but yeah. all right So we'll give him credit for that. It seeped in somehow. Um and so so taking what I did back then and applying it now, um I don't know that every HR is going to give everyone a stand-up desk. So I talk about ways to hack your own stand-up desk. Mm-hmm. I use fluid stance as my balance board. I use it when I'm cooking. I that's not safe. Don't do that. But I do that. <laughs> so I would talk to the office about, you know, get some fluid stance in here. Mm-hmm. Um put those reminders make sure you have foods i i bring a whole bunch of samples of products that i love that are very quick um i emphasize the 
the importance of having a buddy system or having friends at work. I'm not a team player, so this is another like do as I say, not as I do type of thing. But I know that community is really important for most people. So mm-hmm. don't shy away from that. Like make friends in the office. Be an example, because once you're the example rather than the preacher, other people in the office will jump in with you. And then when enough of you are all on board for this, corporate pays attention and they start filling the kitchen with the things that you want and buying everyone a fluid stance. So talking about that kind of stuff. Um, and then it, it is really about mindset and just reminding people that they only have one body. That's it. Okay. All right. And, and I know you, you said you have the fluid stance here at home. Um, do you have a stand-up desk now uh, that you work at home? No. I um, You stand up in the kitchen. I go to the lot. beach <laughs> to work. <laughs> we, have, we have Wi-Fi out here at the beach. It's city provided. <laughs> Thank you, Venice Beach. Um, um, so I, I take my fluid stance with me when I go cooking okay. um, at clients' houses, which usually trips them out. Uh, and I alternate between standing at the counter, going outside, sitting out there by the sun. Um, I, I move around when I work a lot. And I did that a lot in corporate America too. Mm-hmm. I, I was at my desk maybe 30% of the time and then finding other places to work. I find myself doing that too at home. I'm sometimes in the office, sometimes downstairs at the kitchen table, sometimes at the dining room table. And, and, and anywhere I travel, I like I don't know what it is, but I can't sit in the same place with the same view. I, I feel stagnant. Yeah. I spent so many years getting up with an alarm. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know that this is going to be like relatable in, from the sense of what I do now. So many years getting up with an alarm before the sun gets up. Master your mornings or whatever. I don't want to do that anymore. So I, I get up naturally when the sun gets up. I've always been wired that way if I don't have the alarm waking up before. So I get up when the sun gets up, but I don't pop out of bed. I sit there and I bask in the enjoyment of, I'm a, I woke up today, this is really rad. I take deep breaths. I revel in the fact that I don't have to rush anywhere anymore. And I have a dog who's on the floor right now and we have a little bonding moment. I'll stare at him for like 15 minutes. You just do the face star, <laughs> and um, and and once I feel good and ready to get out of bed, I get out of bed and I do. And I post about this repetitively. My my drinks in the morning. Mm-hmm. So um, I do a mix of apple cider vinegar, black seed oil, not flax seed, black yeah. seed oil, mm-hmm. water and ice, and uh, wait twenty minutes, and then I do ketones and MCT powder with ice. And water and then I wait another 20 minutes to half an hour and I do a packet of fat fudge with a hot cup of coffee and if I'm gonna do any physical activity I'll do two packets of fat fudge um, and then I don't really have my first meal meal until after lunch traditional lunchtime mm-hmm. and I and that changes right there's no nothing in my life is perfect right. if I wake up and I'm famished I'm gonna eat some meat for sure but if not I find that if I try to make a meat if I try to make consistent meals every morning, I'm too bogged down and have no motivation to do anything. So I think keeping my morning fluids and those particular things prepares me for what it is I'm trying to accomplish. Okay. All right. So now that we've heard your optimization routine, we're going to ask you to audit your life a little bit. We're doing some hot seats with other guests while we're out here. So we're going to put you on the hot seat now. Start, stop, and continue. So one thing that you're doing or one thing that you want to add, you want, start, you want doing. To start doing, one thing that you're doing that you want to stop doing, 
uh, and one thing that you're doing that's working and you need to continue, continue to do it. The community that we're in is really focused on like, how do you bullet what it is you're doing and like, how right. do you hack it? Right. And I don't identify with any of those things because right. I'm like, I'm just being because I could be dead tomorrow and right. I don't want to overthink it today. Right. So whatever, however it is you describe that, I want to continue doing that. I don't really want to, I don't want to make it, I don't want to be able to make what I'm doing into a rock solid manual because right. I feel like it pulls away from just taking advantage of sitting here and breathing. Right. I want to stop questioning whether or not I'm real in the sense that I have imposter syndrome okay. a lot. Like I might be failing and I think it has to do with growing up in Silicon Valley where your barometer of success is like Zuckerberg and I'm like, oh my God, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so not feeling like I'm failing or I'm behind or, and I've, I've recently got over like not feeling like a chef because I didn't go to culinary school. So I, I would like to have... I have have much less of those moments now than I did before, and I want to continue to have less of those. Um, and I do want to start um, creating a little bit more process and routine in my businesses. Okay. So I've been very reactive to everything in my business. That's a lie. I've been proactive in like building it, but as far as scaling it, very just letting being so good they can't ignore you and letting it come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, which gives you more leverage in negotiations. But if I have lofty goals with my businesses, I have to be a little bit more proactive and then identifying exactly how I want to be more proactive because I don't want to be less of me or make decisions that don't align with my core values. Right. That's perfect. Okay. Great. Great answers. Oh, so All right. One, two more questions. <laughs> One's really, really easy. Where can our listeners get more of you? At Paleo Chef on Instagram, at Paleo Chef on Twitter. Twitter is amazing and underutilized. If you're an entrepreneur listening to this and you're not using Twitter, please get on Twitter and, and join conversations. PaleoChef.com um, for my antics. Um, YouTube is mixed makeup for the YouTube show called Unicorn Fuel. And then Fat Fudge if you want Fat Fudge, P H A T Fudge.com. Okay. So Twitter for entrepreneurs, uh, best practices, advice. Be human. Okay. Yeah, I think I think people don't know what to do with Twitter. I have a, I have a lot of clients who are the one percenters in the world. They all found me on Twitter. I don't. I, I as much as I built my audience on on Instagram, my um, street cred wouldn't be what it is without having a presence on Twitter. Or I don't even have a big presence. I just engage, and don't always. Don't always talk about yourself, and don't always push your product, and don't use bots for the love of God. Um, and you know, follow people you find are interesting and you like what they have to say. And if a connection happens, let it happen naturally. Don't be aggressive about it. So the, I get asked all this time, like, how do you get those people to follow you? How do you get those people to talk to you? I'm like, I'll see them tweeting about an album I like, and we'll start talking about music. And then they come back and see what I'm doing. They're like, oh shit, this is interesting. Tell me more. Or, you know, I'll talk shit during playoffs to somebody, like actually talk shit to them. And then they're like, Bwah! and then it turns into a friendship. So it's being human. I almost treat Twitter as though I'm in an elevator with someone that's going up 30 floors. We've got some time to like talk. Okay. Mary, your top three tips to live optimal. And you cannot say eat, play, crush. 
I can do whatever I want, sir. This is my house. <laughs> you come into my home. Um, three tips. <sighs> you want like drink water or you want like, oh, love everyone. Whatever you think. Three I mean, tips to live. Drink on. water is kind of boring. Right. Can get better sleep is overplayed, but always important. Okay. Let me think about this. Three tips to live optimally. Um, eat like you give a damn about yourself. Okay. Find somebody in your life that you respect that will call you on your bullshit when you won't call yourself on your bullshit and honor each breath. Like every breath you take, you have to honor it. So that one's, it's amazing. But I think it's one that like when we hear it, if somebody reminds us of that all the time, every time you hear it, you're like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. I want to do that. But how do we actually, how can people practice that or, or, or make that something that doesn't leave their... So this might be morbid. Um, I find, so I've had a lot of death in my life. A lot of my high school friends are no longer living. A lot of family have died. I did bereavement and hospice counseling when I was 16. So obviously we know what happens at the end of of anything in hospice. Um, And I find that my friends and other people I meet that have that same appreciation have similar experiences where mortality we completely get. So if you don't have it, maybe sit there for half an hour and think about how you feel um, with your mom dying. Like, how does that feel? Or like, well, how would you feel if your son or daughter died? Or or think about, um, man, if I died, how would my dad feel about that if I died before him? And like, really feel that really like, oh my God, that feeling. That really uncomfortable place that a lot of people don't want to go. And then you're like, I cannot complain about shit. So... If you haven't had a lot of loss in your life, meditate on that and feel it. Like Be grateful that you haven't, but also... Yeah. I mean, be grateful that you haven't, but know you're going to one day. Like no one, no one escapes that. Right. So go there, feel those feelings. I know it's really morbid, but think about what it would be like for your family to have to go on without you or for you to go on without people that you love. And we all know it sucks, but I mean, like, feel it. Mm-hmm. And then you're, I feel like maybe that will give you the sense of consistent appreciation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm only suggesting it because I don't have to imagine it. <laughs> right. Right. So it could be the wrong answer. I don't know. No, I, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, guys, eat, play, crush. Mary, thanks for hanging out with us today. You totally ended on a high note. Make sure you guys go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the blog post and video version of this. We'll have links to Mary's blogs, uh, all of her Instagram and and YouTube channels, all of the other links and resources that we talked about. Go to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know how much you like the show. If you heard something on this show that that resonated with you or stood out to you, uh, something that you want to share, make sure that you do share it with your friends and family. That's how we help more people and get the message to them. course if you want to leave us a great review on itunes that's always helpful yeah if you don't like me don't tell me about it because i don't care (laughs) i care if you have questions for us or for mary (laughs) leave them uh on the blog or and and we'll uh we'll get you an answer so mary thanks for do you have any jokes can we end on a joke i'm not a joke teller do you know a joke on my website if you try to contact me in the box it says i also like jokes so i get very serious business inquiries but they also begin or end with a joke and those always get priorities so I think a joke recently that I got was, um, have you heard about those corduroy pillows? No. They're leaving headlines everywhere. Wow. 
Wow. <laughs> Much less morbid way to end it. So we're, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll catch you next Thursday. <laughs>